Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered Podcast. It's the first one of the brand spanking new year. Happy new year. Here's to 2021. I know that this year has probably not started out in the way that we all wished for and hoped for when that clock stroke midnight but we keep moving forward. So today I am sharing with you a lovely conversation that I had with the absolutely the nice one of the nicest people on the planet, Kat from Gatto Web. And I honestly Kat has been on my dream guest list. Yes, I do actually have one of those. Uh for some time seeing as I spoke to the other half of one of her businesses, Snug Designs a while back that was the lovely Holly Price and today I just wanted to kind of get her on and talk about her journey because over the last couple of months couple of years she has been through some really big transitions actually and I wanted to get a bit of an inside scoop into how that has worked out so Kat has gone from like most of us working stupidly long hours stupidly long days to now being able to work three days a week or basically part-time hours isn't that the dream and so I wanted to quiz her about it see what she did and yeah just get a behind the scenes scoop for you all obviously we talk a little bit more about a lot of other things and it's honestly just such a lovely conversation to share so I'm gonna shut up let you listen to the conversation here is my chat with Kat from Gatto Web Okay, hello lovely cat. How are you? Hi Lorna, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy new year to you. Although it's kind of started off on a bit of a rocky patch, but it is what it is. It has indeed, but you know, we'll get there. It'll be we'll get... a good new year eventually. <laughs> <laughs> eventually. We'll just we'll start New Year's in March. We'll just change the date. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool. So before we get into our conversation, which I am absolutely buzzing for, I like to challenge my guests with a 30 second intro. See if they can describe themselves and their life story in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a tiny contribution of at least five pounds to the charity Mind. Now, I did give you a heads up, but do you think you're up for the challenge? I'm definitely up for the challenge as a as I said briefly before we spoke, I have practiced as well because I'm a bit of a bit of a nerd. So I had to try my best to get in there. <laughs> I mean, no, no pressure then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just make me sound like I don't want to donate to charity, but I'm happy with it. <laughs> um, cool. I've got my stopwatch ready. Are you Perfect. ready? I'm ready. Go. So I'm from Manchester, as I'm sure you can tell from my accent. I'm a dog mum to Toby and soon to be human mum as well in April. Um, I've always been a very creative person and wanted to stand out, whether it's wearing bright clothes, um, which, by the way, doesn't go down well in northern schools, or customising a MySpace profile. Um, but I'm also a bit of a goody two-shoes, as you can see from the practising. Um, and these two things have sort of come together to lead me to where I am now with my job and my life. Absolutely bang on. 29.97 seconds. Yes, told you I was a nerd. <laughs> Smashed it. That's so good. And it was so hard not to laugh about the colourful clothes and fitting, up, fitting in up north. 
Just so you know, I'm perfectly happy to still make the contribution. It was not to avoid the charity. I feel very bad now. (laughs) No, don't feel bad at all. It's just a bit of fun. Um, that's amazing. I I did know you from Manchester, and I'm so bloody excited that you're going to be a mum soon. I know it's um a scary one, a scary change which has come from um well probably lockdown boredom. Lockdown baby people, lockdown baby. So many, so many of us now. Honestly, I feel like my feeds on social media were just full of engagement and baby photos over Christmas. It's the point we've got to, isn't it, in our lives? Like, that's just the way things are now. (laughs) There's nothing else to do during a lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, amazing. So have you always lived in Manchester? Have you always been up north? Yeah, absolutely. So, um... Born and sort of bred where I live now, so just outside of Manchester. Um, even when I went to university, I went to Sheffield. Um, so stayed up north, but came back sort of weekends. Um, it's very much like my spiritual home in Manchester. I absolutely love it here. I've got such a love for Manchester. I remember there was a couple of years ago, totally off topic. We'll get to the conversation in a second, <laughs> I promise. Um, a couple of years ago, I told my parents I was going to move to Manchester and I'd never been. That's how much, that's how cool I think Manchester is. And I have been probably three or four times. I just love it. It's so chilled. Yeah. And it's, it's really one of those places that I feel like you can have a good connection with. Like, I think a lot of people come to Manchester and yeah, like you say, just love it and love the atmosphere. And um, I think a lot of people do have that idea that they could move to Manchester. I mean, it could be because of London house prices, but you know. (laughs) we'll we'll say that's got nothing to do with it (laughs) cool so let's chat about what you do for a living what do you do for a living Kat yeah so I am a branding and website designer um and founder of Gatto Web that's a company that I um work under um and then uh, through the years I've been doing that for about five or six years now and I've also introduced other things in like coaching programs for designers um and I also create website templates with snug designs and obviously we've had the lovely Holly on beforehand who is the other half of snug designs she is indeed my lovely business partner love it um so I guess my first question is did you was that always the dream did you always want to do what you're doing now Yeah, really good question. And the answer is no, like absolutely not. Like it wasn't the sort of long-term plan. But yeah, I I find this a really interesting question to answer because as I've kind of said in my 30-second intro there, part of me has always been really, really creative, um, but also going down the academic route as well. And it kind of led me into things like learning how to code and creating my own websites like even when I did like a business studies GCSE um I did a rebrand for a like smoothie business or something I think it was and I I was always doing these little things that were kind of very closely connected to what I do now but I guess I just never picked it up as something I could do as a job you know like even the MySpace stuff like coding to to do that up like that's very similar to to what I do now slightly different um format um, but yeah, it kind of feels like it was meant to be, even though it never felt like something I wanted to do until all of a sudden it just was like it was just something that all came together as one. Yeah. And I think firstly, there's two parts. To, there's two parts coming out of my head right now. Firstly, who remembers MySpace? How amazing was it? Amazing. Total, 
totally miss Tom, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I <laughs> recently tried to get back on my MySpace profile, and it's very different now. You can't see, like, your yeah. old emo selfies and music you chose and stuff like that. Sad times. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I like, I agree with you, and I think that's why I like asking that question, because so many people... I think until you stop and look backwards, you don't really realise that it just kind of made sense. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something I've come to realise over the past few years. You know, you kind of pick up on things. You don't really remember a lot of your childhood or like real specifics. It's quite general. Like you have really nice memories of like, I don't know, family holidays or whatever. But when it comes to like my hobbies, I knew I had creative hobbies. I was very into like painting um, but the more I think of things, I mean, Pixo was the other thing, really into Pixo. I don't know if you remember yes. that one. Um, it's like a website platform. Um, and yeah, like the little things like making logos. I always had some sort of creative business idea in my head. Um, so I think the more I've thought about it over the past few years, it seems like a really obvious place for me to be. But unfortunately, I just didn't realize that kind of like at school or at university when it would have made it a little bit easier for me to do it. (laughs) But do you think, just touching on that point, do you think that you, at school, you knew that web development was a job? Uh, Absolutely not. And I think that's probably where it came into me not, um, yeah, I guess not realising that that was something I could do. I I was wondering, maybe it was something I thought you could teach. But I didn't realise it was something that people mm. did, you know, like for other businesses. Um, so Because I think, I feel like that's, I've got three nieces now. God, I feel old. <laughs> but one is very kind of, she's, I think she's 15, 15, 16. God, I hope her parents don't listen to this. But um, she's now at that age where I'm like, if she didn't know what she wanted to do, I felt like I not necessarily failed at school, but I didn't feel like there was that much kind of, availability to the possibilities after school so like the job I do now I didn't have a clue even existed when I was at school because I feel like I was kind of tunneled down this path of you can go be a teacher you can go be a nurse you can go do this but it was never I didn't even know marketing was a thing so I just I wanted to kind of get your opinion as to whether you actually knew that that what you do now was even available yeah no not at all and like you said I think it was very much Um, not even necessarily the jobs but I think the path was very set for us like when we were at school it was very much you do your GCSEs and then you do your A-levels and then you go into a degree Um, and it kind of just made sense so I ended up doing a maths degree just because it was what I was good at throughout school and college and then it just made sense to do that Um, but I didn't even I don't think I even knew what jobs I could get with that degree so I definitely didn't know what I could do with a more creative degree or you know just going down a more creative path or even a computing sort of path I think everything felt very limited to to what you've already done I don't think there was a lot of open options for us to explore yeah I think I'd have to agree with that actually and so you've always been a creative would you say that you have come across because obviously part of your job is quite I mean it's not for everybody somebody I've got so much time for people that can code because (laughs) I can look at it and I can kind of understand it and over the years I've had to kind of try and get to know it but it just gives me a headache it takes a certain type of person (laughs) so round of applause to you for that one (laughs) to begin with thank you (laughs) (laughs) but do you think 
that you've kind of come up against any particular challenges with the fact that because I think coding's quite a male dominated area. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think even design is very male dominated. You might not believe that because um I think a lot of you would imagine more creative women being sorry, more creative people being women. Um, but even when you look at design agencies, it's very, very male dominated. So even the combination of the two, the design and the code, either way, I mean, you could probably say that about any industry that's not midwifery or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is very focused on men. Um, and so I think even when I started the business, even the design I was doing was very corporate, very masculine, because it's kind of what you see around um, and so it has taken a bit of time, I guess, to carve my own area out and and do things that felt right for me instead of going with the standard. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that do, yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it does make total sense as well. Yeah, I guess it's not until you kind of take a step back and kind of stop to actually look at these businesses to see that they are kind of divided like that. And I think it's not it's not so much of a thing anymore, is it? But it is a bit strange and I think it's my probably my misconception that coding has always been really male dominated so I guess like the next question is apart from I'm not here to kind of go into feminism and sexual (laughs) stuff and all that kind of stuff I'm I'm not that person but in terms of you running your own business what do you think have been like the biggest challenges yeah um that's a great question I mean, I think when I started my business, um, like I said, it was about six years ago. It was a very new thing to be doing. It wasn't, I think people who started businesses started, say, like an agency or some form of like office, you know, you'd build a team and and get an office and that was kind of how you did it. Um, I think in America, it was becoming more common to have like this solo business and, and start things on your own. Um, but in terms of inspiration I didn't really have too many places to look not that it wasn't happening obviously it was it was just I feel like we didn't have the community that we have now so it was very much a case of like figuring things out on my own and you know trying to find a a really good balance between running a business and sort of living a normal life and then you know all the things that come with running a business I think it was definitely that learning process of definitely making a lot of mistakes um definitely working too much and putting a lot of pressure on myself and working through these challenges sort of on my own like I said with not a lot of help or people to talk to about it yeah I think you're so like you're so right I think it's it's a whole nother world now isn't it I think so many people are kind of cropping up as freelancers or starting their own kind of side hustle I hate that term (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that people are much more kind of willing to take a bit of a punt and a bit of a risk. Whereas I think I can't even imagine I, I certainly wasn't in a position mentally to be able to start a business six years ago. So, yeah, that must have been really hard. And obviously you mentioned you kind of made a lot of mistakes. What what would you say have been your biggest mistakes? I love this um, question. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everything at the beginning, the biggest mistake was treating everything um how how can I put it in the best way treating things as if they weren't part of the business that should have been you know keeping really good um records things like accounts 
Um, yeah. You know, things where I could have really used the early years, say like the first year of business, I could have really used that as a, a learning process of getting everything really organized and it never works out that way, obviously. <laughs> but with hindsight, you know, that could have been a really good learning process. And I think I just kind of let things go and just it was a bit of like oh just see what happens um just get stuck in and yeah exactly and again so I think it would be that side of things and then also just like pretty much working myself to death you know I went oh we've all been there there. (laughs) I know exactly like this is going to be on everyone's list definitely but um I just worked myself so hard because there's so much pressure I think when you start when when you go full-time self-employed you've got to pay your bills still and everything feels like a pressure you know you want to make sure your friends and family are seeing that you've made the right decision and and are doing quite well so I was working constantly you know like 12 hour days every day of the week and I ended up making myself really ill and I think we all go through that process where we push ourselves too far and kind of make make the most of the flexibility that comes with being self-employed but a little bit too much I think we think well well I can work whenever so I'm going to end up working until 10 o'clock at night or I'm going to work every Saturday and then all of a sudden I think you have to claw back to more of like a nine to five mentality or the way that you would have worked before I think we all kind of have that journey. Yeah it's really interesting actually you just reminded me of the conversation that I had with Fiona Thomas uh, a couple of episodes back and she kind of said like when she was writing her book and she was doing all of her research everybody kept saying the same things that they wanted to work for themselves for the freedom but actually when it came to it that was the biggest pitfall of us all because we almost didn't have that that accountability you know when you walk into an office and you're told this is your to-do list for the day that's great when as where you you kind of got to make it up yourself actually it becomes more of a hindrance than the thing that you doesn't quite work out how you kind of expected it to yeah a hundred percent like the the freedom thing is amazing like you think I've got all this flexibility I can work whenever I was very much um when I started out a sort of like late in the day kind of person um Mm. so I'd wake up quite late and by that point it'd be like by the time I got into work it'd be sort of early afternoon and then would work really late and it just it just wasn't very good for for me as a person and it puts you out of sync as well with everyone else in your life because most people would have a nine to five or some sort of job where they're working set hours um and you kind of end up making yourself separate from everyone else by working this crazy schedule that (laughs) no one else does I feel like I literally could have said that sentence in from from my own mouth that's literally me like I I'm 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 a late worker I like I've I've got better at getting out of bed in the morning (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's just it's always kind of suited me like one of my the worst things for me working for somebody else and going corporate was having to be in the office at eight o'clock in the morning Mm because I'm just not a morning person and I think it does take a certain level of kind of self-awareness to go well actually no this worked better for me and it's just about finding what does work for you isn't it yeah 100% and it, it does take time as well I think it takes time to try different things out and see, first of all, what works for you, but also what works for your clients and, you know, the people mm-hmm. around you as well. You know, my partner works shifts, so it can be that even now, sometimes I'll be working quite late at night, but it just means that when my partner's at home, I can spend more time with him. You know, it's a balance that I've figured out that works for me now. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just a process, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And so 
flipping it from mistakes to the best bits, obviously you've had quite some transformations and some success recently and and kind of in the last year or so, (laughs) so I've seen. So I guess, obviously, just talking through, you've kind of used to work really late and long days and 12-hour days. What, What does work look like for you now? Yeah, um, good question. So my schedule now is very much where I I like it to be. And it's taken me a while to get to this point. I think it was probably something I decided to try and make a change on maybe like two years ago. I thought I actually want to use this freedom that I've got to create a schedule that works for my job, but also means I can get away from just doing that all the time because it very much became my job was my whole life. So yeah, now it looks more like me working more like three days a week or, you know, shorter days every day. I very much don't overload myself with work. You know, I like to have a bit of space so I can be more flexible with my days. Um, I start very early. That's a big change. You know, I've (laughs) very much switched from um, night owl to early bird. Wow. Total flip. Total, like complete flip. Yeah, it's not easy not an easy <laughs> um, but it, it works a lot better for me now and I just feel a lot happier and um, content within my working life and I think that's really the aim for everyone isn't it is to get to yeah. a point where you can use the flexibility and the freedom you have by being self-employed to create a schedule that works really well for you I think that is yeah you're absolutely right cats live in the dream let's be honest <laughs> but I think how I don't really know what the question is but I think I don't know how to word it I think is what I'm trying to say how how did you get there I think because although all of us probably sit and say we want to work for ourselves you know wouldn't it be lovely to only have to work three days a week or only work four hours a day or any of that kind of stuff how did you go what what was the difference that you or, or the thing that you did or the things that you did that took you from working 12 hour days to three days a week yeah um I mean as with anything it's not like there's one particular thing that had to happen it was very much like a process of getting a lot of things in place um I think if we're going from that extreme switch from the like total burnout and working all the time to where I am now um it has to be said that there was a lot of steps in between you know I've pivoted my business first of all into um I first started creating templates for people and then switch to um, more bespoke work and bigger projects Mm -hmm. I sort of had to build quite a lot of consistency with my income so that came in the I would say like the middle chunk of my business um, was trying to get more consistency in terms of projects and then I guess over the past couple of years with having that consistency it was then a case of working on things like pricing and my process which were going to really help me have a consistent income and make sure that my business was like a proper job and not (laughs) something that I had to worry about too much. Um, And then things like uh, passive income, well, passive income isn't the the phrase anymore, is it? It's more (laughs) extra. (laughs) It's very not, very much not passive at all. Um, You just said that so much. (laughs) That's just made my entire day. Yeah. Sorry, I've interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's fine. Um, Yeah, passive income is a myth. Extra income streams and yeah, I guess putting things in place, which meant I could work less while still reaching things like income goals and um, working on a similar number of projects. So, 
yeah, it was lots of things that had to be done. And I worked with a few coaches along the way who helped me and had to make some big changes, which take quite a while to to settle in yeah. as well. So yeah, it's a mix of a lot of things, but they were probably the main points. 100%. And I think like, that's one of the biggest things because I think so, I think it's probably an Instagram thing, let's be honest, but it's a social media thing. Let's not blame Instagram. So many people kind of see it as, or, or look for a one thing, a one trick, a one tip that's going to just change their world. And I think that's just why I just, I just kind of wanted to, ask you that because it's really important to remember that it's never just one thing it's always a combination of all of these different things and I can imagine it's probably taken some time and quite a lot of hard work mentally as well as quite literally yeah absolutely yeah it's very much getting yourself into a good mindset and that's not something that's easy I think it's it's one of these like buzzwords now mindset is obviously very important but it's something that you hear a lot about without maybe understanding what it means and actually getting your mindset into a really good place is probably the first step in terms of making big changes to your business because if you are actually wanting to do something that your mind doesn't believe you can do then that's not going to happen you're going to end up holding yourself back um I'm getting (laughs) tell me if I get too woo I'm not a very woo person but there are certain things that (laughs) I can feel a bit like manifesty about um but yeah, no, it takes a lot of work to actually give yourself the confidence that you can make those things happen because that's what has to come first is the belief. And then you can start working on the actual logistics to get things in place. That's so true, though. I think I'm this, I'm not a very woo person, but I think as time's going on, it's becoming very, very, very apparent that more people would progress quicker and get to where they want to be if they just worked on their brain rather than doing the work that they think that they need to do yeah definitely it's a really good time now to think about it as well you know we're at the beginning of a new year I know everyone takes this opportunity to think about goal setting and you know where do you want to be this time next year and actually what I would always recommend is think about sort of like your bigger picture goal so like I said for me it was working a lot less while still being able to have quite a successful business and that in itself was a big goal that I knew was going to take a while and I was, it was then thinking well what's actually holding me back from doing that now and trying to work through that throughout the year and then maybe the next year you know you don't know how long it's going to take but just trying to get those big things in place and then breaking it down to what you can do to get there in nice logical steps yes. love it <laughs> exactly love, love it and obviously you've been in business for relatively quite some time especially compared to the likes of me thank you don't make me feel too (laughs) well done (laughs) how would you say obviously you've been through a transition of kind of I get the sense that you probably said yes to a lot of things and you know you've been through that trial and error you know starting out making templates and that kind of thing to taking on bigger projects and all that kind of stuff but where would you say the majority of your clients have come from Oh, good question. So it's not necessarily like where they come from. Like, I think if you look at it in a sort of like analytics kind of sense, at the moment, I would say most of my clients come from referrals, um, Instagram or Pinterest. So they're sort of the three areas that I put quite a lot of work into. But I think in in general, it's, it's looking at it in a way where I always find that making sure you get the right clients and 
um, consistent clients as well actually just comes from the way you repre- uh, present your business to other people. So I always make sure that my portfolio or my Instagram is only showing projects that I really love and would want to work on again. And the same with those like things like Pinterest, you know, I would only put things on there that I want to be known for. And obviously that takes time because you want to make sure you're working on projects that you do really love and want to represent you. But I think it really comes with just trying to run your business quite authentically and thinking about where you want your business to be or how you want it to look and making that a reality. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think so many people kind of get <laughs> so, so many people, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> uh, so many people kind of get caught up in the where is the next person going to come from? And I think there is a lot to be said for presenting things that you want to be known for, like you just said, and 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 wanting to put your name against them. There have been so many times where I've worked one to one with clients and they've said, Oh, I'm gonna go do this. And I'm like, Yeah, just don't I I don't want my name anywhere near that because I don't morally agree with it and mm-hmm. it's it's not that I'm doing the work they were doing it for their business but they're just in association it's it is there is there is a lot to be said for what you put your name against I think personally yeah a hundred percent and I think um again like there's so many people running businesses now and everything every person can do different things that work for them and it's really about finding the things that do work for you as a business owner and for your clients. I think that's one thing I'm, I'm really proud of myself for across the years is that I've never really, I guess, fallen into any like techniques or what, what would the word be? I guess like methods to get clients or to make money, which have never felt right for me. I always try to stick to the thing that feels like it is something I could do without feeling like really cringe or you know embarrassed about what I'm doing yeah I know I know what you're saying actually in terms of so you've never kind of gone down the route of you've seen somebody's like posted an ad saying I can teach you how to get more clients in 30 seconds those kinds of crap yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> build the landing page and run the run the google ad or the facebook ad or you, it's kind of you've done what feels right which is really really important Yeah, definitely. Because you would only ever get to a point if you started doing things that didn't feel right for you, you just start to feel like things aren't right in general. And, you know, you you then probably at a point where you've been doing that for long enough that maybe that's how you get your clients now. And it's very difficult to get away from it. So I do Mm. think it's really important to just really stay true to yourself and, and your business and try to keep coming back to what you think is is best. And that's not to say that I've, I never push myself out of my comfort zone. You know, there's lots of things that I've done that felt very uncomfortable. But I think I knew that when I got the hang of doing those things, they would fit in very well with with me and, and Gatto. Okay, so that's my next question. What's the biggest thing that you've done that's pushed you so far out of your comfort zone? What would you say has been the, the scariest <laughs> thing you've done? Because it's so subjective to the person, I think. It really is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the big thing would just be starting the business in general. That was obviously a a big um, pushing out my comfort zone. I was actually made redundant. That's when I became sort of like full time self employed. So that decision was kind of made for me, um, not quite pushing me out my comfort zone. But I would guess it was getting to a point where things were going really well with 
my design projects. This was probably a year ago, a couple of years ago. And I could have easily just carried on doing the same thing over and over again. But I knew I really wanted to, I briefly mentioned at the beginning that I do some coaching programs now with other designers. And I really knew that education was something that I wanted to bring into the business. Like I said as well, um, when I started, there was very little out there that I felt could help me. So I wanted to be able to produce something like that. But I'd, I'd only built my confidence in my design work. And so to introduce a new income stream or a new service to my business felt very, very scary and kind of like it was just sort of starting from scratch again. Um, and so I had to overcome a lot of things about, well, how could, you know, maybe I shouldn't be a coach. You know, I've not trained to be a coach. This isn't something that I should be doing. There were lots of lots of minds, um, lots and lots of mindset blocks there. And so I think that is when I really felt like I was pushing myself to do something scary and yeah luckily it's something I've now been doing for quite a while I can totally resonate with that I think there is a lot of people that are listening to this that can probably resonate with that as well yeah. it is one of the scariest things to try and put something together that you don't you don't know if somebody's gonna buy into agree with whatever it's so scary yeah and it's so easy to convince yourself that Yes. you're not the right person to be doing it as well you know you can maybe think that oh well other people would be better at that or or even there's other people already doing this thing you know why should I do it as well um and it is about you know just pushing yourself to do it and building the confidence along the way sort of thing instead of trying to start with confidence and then do the thing yeah don't fake it till you make it it's not it yeah it really works <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, and I feel like you've probably given us so much already, but what kind of, what would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody? In fact, let me switch that. What would be your biggest piece of advice to Kat seven years ago? <laughs> um, oh God, good question. Quit the terrible job. Um, <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, do you know what? That would be one of the pieces of advice I'd give myself, 100%. Yeah. Get out now. I mean, so many people I think would have that one. Um, <laughs> I guess it would, again, be this sort of like trying to have belief in myself. I think it was something that I probably did, just didn't have for the first couple of years even of, of being self-employed. I think it was very much like I said, it was, oh, we'll just see how it goes. You know, I was made redundant from my job. It was something that was, well, I'll I'll give it a go and see how it you know, if it makes any money, if it can support me, I was never expecting it to make that much money. I thought it could maybe just pay my bills and have a happier life at home. And I think that mentality carried on for quite a while, probably too long. <laughs> and so I would really just try to urge myself to have a bit more belief and confidence in what I could do as well. Because um, I think that really is the key for being able to make those big decisions and move your business along in the way that you want to. Cat's TED Talk. Love it. I do love it. <laughs> it's a bit like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Get me Absolutely on the stage. Get me on it. Pass me the mic. <laughs> love it. And in terms of kind of practical tips, then, if you like, for somebody that is kind of starting out, maybe, you know, we're all in a bit of a tough, sticky situation at the minute unfortunately some people are being currently made redundant if somebody is kind of thinking you know I, I want to try that I want to make beautiful websites your templates and your websites are absolutely gorgeous <laughs> thank you <laughs> um what what kind of practical tips or advice would you give them 
Um, I mean, I think it's so important as a designer to own sort of like your own style and yep. be really confident with what you can do. There are so many designers around now, which is incredible. Like I think basically if you have a certain style and you want to work with a designer, you're gonna, you'll find someone straight away. Like it's not a problem. Um, but it also does mean that you kind of have to stand out for what you can do yourself and following trends or, you know, trying to do what other people are doing really well is only going to get you so far. And I think it's really important to actually dig down and really get your own personal design style in place. Um, and I think you can really tell as well when designers really believe and, and love the work that they do. And that's sort of my favorite design work to, to look at is when you can tell that people are really passionate about it. So I guess it would be that, you know, really working on your design style. It develops over time, obviously, but just trying to, to get to a point where you feel very connected with the work you do. And yeah, just again, like that belief, you know, don't, don't try to cut yourself off from thinking that people won't work with you for any reason, whether it is your style or anything else. I think with everyone, this is any business, there's always someone around who will want to work with you. It's sometimes just a case of putting yourself in a position so they can find you or you can find them. So true. And I think you can, you're absolutely right. You can definitely tell as there's a lot of websites now that look very, very samey. And so I think there is a lot to be said for somebody that literally owns. I can, I feel like I would be able to spot a snug designs website. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing to know. And again, it's something that I've been working on for a very long time. At the beginning, I was one of the people that, like I said, would do whatever someone wanted from me. You know, it was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever style you like, that's what I can do. Um, and getting to a point where you can actually really own your own style and every project I work on, I think is sort of a little part of of me. Um, and I know that I can put my imprint on it and people work with me for that as well, which is incredible, like something I never, ever would have thought of a few years ago. And everyone can get there, you know, and it's OK if things do look a bit same, samey, like, you know, <laughs> as other people. But as long as you're owning it and it is coming from your creativity in your brain then I think that's that's okay it's just a case of maybe putting a bit more of a personal stamp on it yeah that's so true so true <laughs> it's okay to take inspiration but yeah if you can put your own stamp on it then it's only going to stand out isn't it yeah exactly cool well I'm really conscious of time so I've got one last question what does success look like to you what is success? I think success is so subjective that I just like getting everybody else's opinions on what, what it actually means to them in their life. Yeah, that's such a good, I absolutely love this question. And it's something that I very much had to discover, you know, over time. I think you can definitely change the way you think of it. Um, but it's hard not to just go with what everyone else is, is doing for their form yeah. of success. Yeah. Um, so I can totally see why you, why you asked this question. Um, but for me, success is all about me having a really, really joyful life around everything that I do. And so whether that's that I can wake up every day and absolutely love the work that I'm doing and not dread getting back at, at the desk, you know, I'm actually at a point now where I was going to start back at work next Monday, but I was so excited to get back to work that I've started a week early doing like slightly smaller bits. 
and that's just because I love what I do and it makes me really happy and then I can also step away from it and really enjoy the life that I've built as well which feels incredible like it's a a balance of joyfulness everywhere without again sounding a bit <laughs> like a bit of an utter that is the most heartwarming <laughs> beautiful thing I've heard all day oh, that's so you. lovely <laughs> thank and you. obviously you're going to need to anyway because you're going to be a mama soon exactly and yeah that's another part of my life that I mean it feels like it's all worked out for the best you know I've got to this point now where I'm working a lot less and feeling a lot less stressed you know got stress is something that comes hand in hand with a lot of work and I'm very lucky that I don't necessarily feel that too much um yeah ready for an extra little human in my life oh, how exciting <laughs> I'm so excited for you oh thank you no I'm, I'm at the point now where there's sort of three months to go and I'm verging on nervous now but yeah we'll no, be fine. <laughs> what does what does business look like with a baby any ideas I'll let you know in a few months I guess yeah <laughs> maybe I'll come back in six months you can come back in six months and we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah I'll be a completely different person I'll be broken <laughs> on the inside <laughs> no you're gonna have a happy little bundle of joy it's gonna be amazing yeah it'll be great no I, th- I think yeah it's definitely um feels feels like a good point let's put it that way Good. Cool. So for anybody that wants to get in touch with you, find out more about your services, your coaching, if you're taking maternity leave, I've got no idea. I should have asked that beforehand. <laughs> um, where can they find you? How can they get in touch? All of that kind of jazz. Take it away. Yeah. So you can find me um, at my website, which is gattaweb.com. Um, and there you can find all sorts of services free resources everything that that I do basically or you can find me on Instagram which is at getterweb as well um I will be taking maternity leave from April for a couple of months but um yeah there'll still be stuff going on and content that I'll need to create over the next couple of months I guess not too much going on I hope it's all scheduled (laughs) oh yeah everything will be scheduled I will not be looking at a a computer screen for a few months (laughs) She, you say that, but if we're still in the current situation, you're going to be doing a lot of zooming. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be all the zoom. Baby. I, was, I was saying before we spoke that I feel like it'll be running a business via a baby because it'll be on Zoom yeah. all the time. <laughs> God, those kids, the poor kids, are going to have to grow up being Zoom babies. They're not going to know any different, are they? I know Zoom and face mask babies. They will never know. Do you know what? My niece, when she saw my face for the first time without a face mask, she looked at me as if I was an alien. (laughs) She was so used to seeing me with this black thing across my face. She didn't know what my teeth were. Yeah, they just won't know. It's madness. Bless them. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Kat. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely lovely. Thank you. Sorry if I was a bit of a waffler, but I hope we got got through everything that you wanted to. 100% did and I'm sure so many people listening to this will take so much from it because you have got to a point where you should be really really proud of yourself it's been so lovely to watch you kind of grow and I'm genuinely envious of the three working day week I, I will get there one day oh thank you so much and like I think the only thing to take is it's really easy to look at someone else and what they're doing and think oh god I can't believe they're doing that I'd love to to do that but I always think that if someone else is doing it, then it means you can do it too. So Then it is possible. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time and I will talk to you really soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye.